On today's episode, we break down the controversy surrounding Kyle Dubas right now. Is he also going to be joining the Pittsburgh Penguins? We'll discuss that. Fraser Minton and the World Championships on today's edition of the Lockdown Lease Podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the May 26th edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DeSefano from TSN, and my guy, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockdownNHL, and when you enter the promo code LockdownNHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Uh, what's going on, Dave? How you feeling on a Friday? Feeling pretty good. Can't wait for the weekend. Can't wait for a very lackluster sports weekend. There's really not much happening now. With uh, well, at least Vegas, uh, Dallas gave us a, an extra game there. We'll see some day Vegas and Dallas game five on Saturday. But yeah, there's not a whole lot like with with Florida and advancing in four. You've got um, you know the Nuggets advanced in four. So I guess. You know, the, the Heat and the Celtics gave us another game in, in the NBA. And then you've got, obviously, a Game 5 in the Western Final here in the NHL. I suppose we'll see some lackluster Blue Jays action. Um, <laughs> they've been very poor, although they had themselves apparently uh, quite the uh, players-only meeting the other day. Go check out Locked On Blue Jays to, to hear what's going on with them. Um, as for the Maple Leafs, not a whole lot of updates on the GM front. Like we're still sitting here waiting on a couple more names to pop up as, you know, candidates that they uh, are planning on interviewing. A lot has been speculated about some names that we've tossed out there, whether that would be, uh, you know, a, a Bergevin or potentially obviously Brad Trilliving has been uh, announced that he will be speaking with Brendan Shanahan. So that one's been um, for sure has been announced, but whether or not Botterill will get an opportunity to uh, interview for the job, Brandon Pridham, like we we really have not heard of a, a whole lot of names, just that the process is, is underway and going to start, and um, we'll see who becomes the successor to Kyle Dubas and try to lead this team to victory. Speaking of Kyle Dubas, though, Dave, he kind of has himself in a little bit of hot water right now. The NHLPA investigating um, a situation, a contra potentially controversial situation um, with Kyle Dubas and, and his agency and how uh, it potentially could be against the rules. Did you want to dive into that a little bit and explain the situation? Yeah, so as we found out during uh, Brandon Shanahan's nice and long processed uh, press conference, he did detail that Kyle Dubas does have an agent uh, that helped him with the negotiations for his contract. Well, that agent, uh, Chris Armstrong, also works for a high-profile uh, agency called Wasserman Group. They represent a lot of NHL players, one specifically Austin Matthews, and... It's pretty much a 
there's a rule basically dictating now there's a little bit of work. I'll explain that in a second, but the rule is that you can't represent both sides. If you're in an agent, right? You can't go and represent players, but also represent executives. You have to have there. There's a, there has to be a divide, right? Cause there's potential conflicts there, you know, with that. But the thing here is Chris Armstrong technically doesn't represent, he's not an NHL PA certified agent. No, because he, he represents golfers. I think like Tony Finau is one of his clients, a very prominent golfer. But the thing here is Dubis is doing business or he is represented by an agency that also represents NHL players. So you wonder if there's, you know, that potential conflict of interest there where, you know, is he getting the inside track based on relationships that, you know, his agent has with those that he works with, right? You know, it, it, it's a very, <laughs> when you think about all those factors, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a sticky situation because it just, it doesn't sound very good when, you know, you can't say for sure if he's had that inside track, but you can't say he's, he hasn't either, right? It's just one of those really weird things i think the i mean the nhlpa is clearly investigating it uh you can bet they're gonna i i as soon as you heard it i was like yeah they're investigating this like there's no way they're not gonna just like say it's nothing it's uh very weird that that i understand maybe kyle dubas had a relationship with chris armstrong i believe they both went to the same university so maybe there yeah, was a relationship they, there they were they were longtime friends so like they, yeah. they've been buddies for a long time so but, like i I can understand that, but like your buddy should be like, uh, I can't represent you because I work for a side that. Well, it, so the, the, the reason why it's not as like black and white and, and cut and dry as it may seem is, is because as you outlined, I mean, Chris Armstrong is not a hockey agent. He does not work mm -hmm. in the hockey department of the Washington group. They have many different arms yeah. involved in their, um, agency. So, you know, he doesn't necessarily, you know, have much contact, I suppose, with all the other agents that are are within this, uh, within the Wasserman group. And that's kind of where, you know, it gets dicey because it, it, it does say in the CBA or in the, um, I was in the CBA, but this is an NHLPA rule, section B, item nine, three of the NHL's Regulations governing agency certification, uh, details on prohibited conduct that is subject to discipline, states that agents are prohibited from representing, providing services to either directly or indirectly or engaging in or proposing to engage in business ventures with any officer, employee, or independent contractor of an NHL club uh, other than professional uh, or other professional hockey clubs or major junior clubs and any entity affiliated with any foregoing, including but not limited to coaches, GMs, scouts, and locker room personnel. So that is according to NHLPA certified agents. And as you mentioned, Chris Armstrong, Dubas's representative, is not an NHLPA certified agent. He is a agent that, yes, is with this agency, but typically represents other sports, other athletes. He's a highly profiled, uh, a high profile golf agent, um, some football players, basketball guys, but um, not NHL. 
So that's where it does get a little bit uh, confusing, I suppose, where it's like, yeah, okay, it's the same agency, but like there's not overlap. And again, it's being investigated right now by the NHL PA to see if there is a conflict of interest there. I'm not exactly sure what anyone could do about it um, at this point. I, I I guess maybe Kyle will just have to get a new agent, which, yeah. sure, I mean, it sounds like he's very close to Sonny in Pittsburgh and probably won't need an agent anyways to, to make that happen and get that done. So I don't know if it really matters at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, it was kind of a, a weird little story that popped up here yesterday about some sort of conflict of interest. Um but I, I again, I, I'm not sure what really will come of it. Like it's not as though I believe Kyle Dubas would be suspended and, and can't practice as a general manager for a year. I, I don't think that'll be the case. If anything, he may just have to get new representation. Uh, that might be at the end of the day what uh, what they decide. And if that's the case, okay, <laughs> it doesn't really. It's not like it impacts the Maple Leafs or, or it's going to help the Maple Leafs in any way, right? No, like this, like in, in, I mean, if we're being honest here, I like, I don't see how the Leafs would get any blowback from this just because, but I mean, first off, I don't know. I don't even know if the Leafs were even aware that Kyle Dubas had an agent up until it came time to negotiate the contract. Right. So, which uh, also, as we, as, as the days have passed by, and we've kind of sat there and picking apart everything that everyone is saying. Maybe it wasn't uh, just a, a random slip of the tongue or a random, you know, thought that was thrown out there in passing by Brendan Shanahan about, you know, him bringing up the fact that Kyle said that he had an agent and to reach out to his agent and making, you know, some people dig into it. Oh, Kyle has an agent. Who could this be? Shanny knew. I wonder if that was a purposeful dropping of crumbs there to uh to lead to all this uh, what do what do you think is that too tinfoil hat theory i think it, i think it was just maybe not to i mean i don't think branch Shannon was looking to lead an investigation but maybe just to make people realize that you know kyle dubas wasn't going to make this an easy negotiation by having an agent to get involved right like sometimes when you get an agent involved you know, they can make the demands and, you know, Shanahan could say things to the agent that maybe he won't say to Kyle. Um, that could be why Kyle Dubas did that in the first place. Um, I'm sure Shanahan probably doesn't like the idea that he wasn't directly dealing with Kyle Dubas and probably wanted to make that known as well. Um, I didn't think about that of whether he wanted to open up that can of worms, but um, it is certainly interesting. Um, on the other side, Dave. We'll continue to have a discussion about Kyle Dubas and his future because he is very close, according to reports, to joining an NHL franchise. Go figure. Like, less than two weeks ago, he said, it's Toronto or it's nowhere. And all of a sudden, it sounds as though Dubas could have a new job before the Leafs even have a GM in place. We'll tell you where that is on the other side. Uh, but first, Dave, how about a word from today's show sponsor? Yep, today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs, a company that was initially launched in 2014 with focus on creating a more comfortable gym short. Well, now they've expanded the line to many different things. You can wear them as golf shorts. 
You can wear them as just casual shorts if you're going out for dinner. But they also have great other great uh, styles like some khaki pants, uh, exercise pants, joggers, whatever you have. Bird Dogs has it because they are a versatile company that like to provide comfort as well. So make sure you go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL where you can enter the promo code lockdown NHL and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. So that's birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL promo code lockdown NHL and you can get that deal right now at birddogs.com. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. We are a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure that you are subscribed if you haven't already. And if you are and you're an everydayer who comes and listens to the show, we appreciate you guys oh so very much. Um, so Kyle Dubas, last Monday, it was literally last Monday, came out and said, it's Toronto or it's nowhere. And we now sit here on Friday, and uh, according to Chris Johnston, there is a 98% chance that Kyle Dubas uh, was fibbing and lying to us, and he is 98% sure that he is going to be the next general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins. How does that make you feel, Dave? I mean, I know a lot of people are just like, oh, I thought he said he wasn't going to be going anywhere, but situations change right like he probably got the green light from his family to stay in toronto um and so like once the leafs once the leafs basically told him you're not coming back we're parting ways with you like to me that that signals like what he said in terms of toronto or nowhere kind of changes a little bit with with that outcome maybe it also just kind of was kyle dubas I thought I, I still believe that was a negotiating tactic in, in some ways. I understand a lot of people says that it was an honest forthright thing. I said I had no issue with him being honest about that, but in a way, I still think that was somewhat of a negotiating tactic to try to, you know, dig in a little bit and make the Leafs really. I wouldn't say pony up more money or anything like that, but I thought it was just you know, it's a, always a narrative thing when you say something like that in the media, and so. I'm a little surprised that because he said it was tough for his family now moving to Pitts, like if he gets to John Pittsburgh, you're uprooting your family to go join, you know, I, unless his family is going to stay in Toronto, uh, or I Toronto, young, which I young doubt family. Yeah. the young family. So now you got to deal with moving to a new country, right? Like it's not just as simple as, Hey guys, we're going to Pittsburgh. It's like, well, you know, his wife, if she was working, has to now deal with that issue of trying to get a job in the States, his kids. Like, it's not an easy thing to just move from Canada to the States. I'm sure, like, NHL clubs have figured out ways. Yeah, they streamline everything. It's, it's a lot more. It's it's easier for athletes and, and people yeah. who work in the, to get the, the work visas and yeah. all that. Everything's very much streamlined as if, you know, it's, it's a lot different than if you or I were trying to do that or the average folk, but still there, there is a process and one that could be deemed as, you know, annoying for some people. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I found it, I find that the whole situation interesting because it isn't going to be an easy, you know, move for him. But I mean, I, I feel like once, once the Leafs said he wasn't coming back in the way that it kind of all unfolded, I feel like it was just going to, I I thought just it changes the narrative again. 
after what we heard from him go with his press conference. And and it just so last uh, yesterday morning, I was listening to first up on TSN 1050 and they had Rob Rossi on the show. I don't know, did you read that Rob Rossi article that was in the athletic about the Pittsburgh Penguins, by the way? I did not read that. I saw it. I saw the. I saw people throw it out there. I just hadn't had a chance to read it yet. Yeah, I haven't finished it, but I read the first little bit of it. Um, really recommend it if anyone wants to know how chaotic it was in the Pittsburgh Penguins front office this year. Uh, there's a reason why they've decided to move on from uh, Burke and Hextall. I'll say that did not paint Hextall in a very positive light. So hopefully he's not part of uh, the Maple Leafs plans to bring in as a potential general manager here. But uh, he was also on first up yesterday and he, it's to his belief that Fenway sports group is willing to give Kyle Dubas the type of autonomy that he apparently wanted in Toronto when it comes to, to the hockey upside. you know, he wants to have that streamlined um, streamlined communication with ownership where it didn't have to go through a mediator, AKA Brendan Shanahan. And it appears like that was a big sticking point in, in Toronto and maybe where things did break down. Ultimately, that's kind of what's being reported now. Um, but it seems as though that won't be a problem in Pittsburgh. It's, it's, you know, when it comes to hockey operations, it sounds as though they're willing to give him all the power on that side to build that club and build them back into a contender and, and do whatever that they deem necessary. And the only, they just, he goes straight to ownership. There's no middleman in between like there was here in Toronto. I would imagine that that was a, a, a very attractive um, offer. If, if this is indeed a true report from Rob Rossi and a big reason why Kyle Dubas is so interested in this Pittsburgh job and, why ultimately he's willing to, to to leave everything here in Toronto to go and get that. Yeah, and that that's what makes jobs like that, you know, attractive. You think of like other jobs, like when we were talking about like Doug Armstrong moving from St. Louis to Toronto, the dynamic changes already for him because in St. Louis, it's his call. He only has to tell the owner, this is what we're doing. Owner says, yep, you're good. He doesn't have to go through hoops. He doesn't have to go through a board. He doesn't have to go through a president. It's Doug Armstrong's thing. So I can see why that would be an attractive thing for Kyle Dubas to say, okay, I'm going to a place where I don't have to deal with that sort of, uh, with that same, I you know, what I had to go through in Toronto. And, you know, maybe that gives him the, the power he needs. Or maybe in some ways it also takes away that filter, maybe that some GMs need. We see... Sometimes when you give more autonomy to a GM, you know, that means who's going to hold them accountable. Obviously, the owners will hold them accountable when things don't go well. Yeah. But in the moment, it's all about the GM. And you have to, like, I understand that that's, you know, that's what they're paid to do. You got to have faith that they're going to do the, the right moves. But, you know, sometimes there's a reason why that president of hockey operators is, is kind of a crucial role. Can I ask you a question sure. when it comes to Brendan Shanahan? What like what has Brendan Shanahan done to essentially look at Kyle Dubas and say, you haven't earned final say, I have earned final say, 
because my track record is so great. What exactly has like this is an honest question that I've I've been asking around and can't really get a get an answer on like what makes Brendan Shanahan other than the fact that he is president of hockey operations and it's quite literally his job, but what makes him think that his views and his decisions are better or more right than Kyle Dubas's decisions? Uh, it's a, that's a great question just because, yeah, I mean, he doesn't have the record of a G he's never done the GM role before. Right. It's like, the only thing you can say is he has spent a lot. He has spent time in the league front office. I understand that was a part of player safety, but you can tell that he's spent time talking and working in that network of understanding, you know, how those, how that situation all works and, and things like that. Yeah, if you want to ask him, like, hey, do you think our guy's going to get suspended? Okay, I guess he has a lot of experience in that. But when it comes to roster building, what experience does he have in roster building? I mean, the only thing you can say is, you know, when he first came to Toronto, he didn't, he took kind of time to just kind of oversee things and how things were being done. I'm sure he's leaned on people. You know, during his time, you know, before when he had Dave Nonis here, so he probably got a chance to see how that all worked out there. Lou, I'm, I'm sure he had, yeah, he he had Lou Amarillo as well. I'm sure he has a lot of people that he would lean on to give him the advice and just kind of where he's going. And you can't discount his time as a player, right? Like, look at Joe Sackick in Colorado. What gave him more right than any other than the guys he brought in? He didn't have any. GM. Well, did he not serve as like an AGM prior? I mean, he at least was was in front a front office, I believe, with Colorado, kind of doing what Spezza was doing, where he was a special assistant too, and then kind of worked his way up the ladder before eventually becoming the the GM. I don't, I don't believe he just stepped directly into the general manager's shoes. I think there were some, you know, some steps he took prior to getting there. I think, yeah, so I think he, like, I know he retired for a few years, and then eventually he worked his way back to the front office and then got promoted. So, you know, I, I think, I mean, Shanahan's probably, I don't know if Shanahan worked in a front office right after he retired. I, I, I didn't really look at his history before he came to, before he uh, went to the front office of the nhl i think he probably did something like he had to, oh he was part of the nhl's vice president of hockey and business development so he's done right. some work with that he wasn't just in the uh um player department player safety department so I, I i'm sure that he's he's done some he's had some background i don't think the Leafs are just getting a guy who ha just doesn't have an idea. And look, he probably had, but but he has the background to be the president, right? Yeah. To be the president of a club, right? Not I understand. To be a GM. Yeah. So when you're talking about hockey operations, you're talking about roster building and him having final say. Well, why does what like what makes his final say? You know, more. It's not like he has the experience that. Even guy like Kyle Dubas, I guess, technically had like imagine Lou Lamorello, like he had final say when Lou Lamorello was around. I like, what, is, what gives him, you know, the right to tell Lou, no, you're doing it wrong. I mean, you should do it this way. No, we don't think that's a good trade. I'm gonna veto that. I'm not even gonna bring that to the board. Like what what like could you imagine how that conversation would have went with Lou Lamorello? 
Not very well. What I would say is you have to respect the job title, right? Like MLSE gave him president. Like Lou Rambo, who's the one that signs his paycheck? Well, it's MLSE's board, right? And Lou's got to respect the chain of command. Kyle Dubas has to respect the chain of command. I understand that he doesn't have the experience, but that, you know, sometimes when you're working in a, in your line of field, your supervisor might not have the experience, but you have to respect that because that's just the way the chain of command works. So, yeah, no, I, I get that. But, you know, just from afar, I'm sitting here thinking like, you know, I don't know, maybe Dubas should have, did have the right, I guess, to uh, say, you know, eh, maybe, maybe I can speak with the board with with my own thoughts and views. I don't know. It was just something that just kind of was percolating through my brain a little bit. So I thought, why, why don't we just bring it to the pod and just have uh, have a quick conversation about it? But it is what it is. Ultimately, he is the president. He is the head of the snake when it comes to hockey operations. And whoever the new general manager is for the Toronto Maple Leafs is going to have to answer to Brendan Shanahan. It's just the way that it goes. GM, Shanny, the board, back to Shanny, and then the GM finally gets the answer of the original question of what uh, what moves they want to do. So that's just how it works here in uh, in Toronto, but apparently in Pittsburgh, it would be a little more streamlined. Dubis, straight to the board. It's what he wanted here in Toronto. That's what's being reported at least, and he'll get that in Pittsburgh. So it sounds like he's very close to signing there. He had a, a little off-the-books meeting at the – practice facility uh ran into Sidney crosby um while he was there i would imagine that that was a nice little stop and chat that they had and uh we'll see where that goes and then we'll also see what happens with the maple leafs in their gm search so far brad Trilliving still the only concrete name that we uh that we know of that uh will be interviewing with the toronto maple leafs this week i would imagine there will be a few more names pop up throughout the next little bit here um, on the other side, some craziness going on at the World Championships. Three of four underdogs with the upset victories yesterday to set up a wild semifinals uh, that uh, that goes down this weekend. Also, we've got one Maple Leaf in the Memorial Cup. He makes his debut tonight. We'll talk about that as well on the other side. But first, Dave. Having a word for one of our show sponsors, it's our friends over at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NHL playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Go ahead, tomorrow you got Vegas, Dallas, Game 5. Can Vegas close it out? If so, I like the money line option there for you. And there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than North America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the Locked On Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day, and uh, our team is the Toronto Maple Leafs, but also our team is another squad that wears a maple leaf across their chest, and that's Team Canada at the World Hockey Championships. And uh, they were actually the underdogs, Dave, yesterday going into their quarterfinal matchup against Finland. 
um, who actually Finland beat Canada in the gold medal game the year prior. Canada has not had a, a terrific squad over at the World Championships. Uh, remember the name Michael Carconi, former Toronto Marley? I don't even know if he played a game with the Maple Leafs, but like Michael Carconi was a goal scorer in, in yesterday's game for Canada just to, to kind of prove how, um, you know, how – how do I say this nicely? Uh, not star-studded, that roster is, I guess we could say. But they're a pesky bunch, and they got through Finland, and they're off to the semifinals. Uh, but what's even crazier, Dave, is the other couple of teams that came through and are also booking their tickets into a semifinal. Latvia upsetting Timmy Lilligren and Sweden 3-1. to one. Uh, and Germany with a th- uh, with a victory over Switzerland, which was a big upset as well. It's been upset city at the World Hockey Championships. Yeah, it's it, it's real. When I see when I was seeing the scores, I was just like, eh? like what's going on here? And you know, I mean, the big one is obviously Latvia. Like, who expects Latvia to beat Sweden? Like, I, I thought, like with Canada not being so good with. You know, the U.S. kind of, you know, not being as good either. And, you know, obviously Russia is not playing in this tournament. I thought this would have been Sweden's tournament, right? They're usually the ones that are like the kings of the world championships. Them or Finland. They also usually have William Nylander, who is not there. I don't know if you heard, but so Nylander initially asked, uh, was going to ask Keith and Dubas, I guess, or uh, Dubas about going to the world championship apparently he decided to pull out because he felt it would have been unfair to the players already there if he just kind of dipped in last minute and take a spot from someone but i guarantee sweden is probably like could have used you but (laughs) we could have used you because we know that's nylander's tournament he's a beast at the world championships yeah yeah he legitimately is like mr mr sweden when he's playing at these world hockey championships um, but yeah, like th- there was a, a Canucks goalie prospect, Arthur Seelovs, Latvian netminder. Kid was unbelievable in that game against Sweden last night. Lilligren did score though. Lilligren did get the lone goal for Team Sweden, so a little bit of a leaf flare in that game as well. Um, but it sets up now. It's 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 an easy. Well, I guess nothing is easy, but uh, Canada instead of having to play Sweden in the semifinal. Now I have to play Latvia. So Latvia is the only thing that stands between Canada making it to another gold medal game. And then uh, USA and Germany in the other side of the bracket. Um, the Americans currently favored on FanDuel to win the gold medal at plus 115, Canada plus 125. So we'll see what happens there. But, uh, hey, Canada, go Canada, go. It's a pesky bunch. I think I saw there's only two, two. 20 plus goal scores on that entire roster. So I wouldn't expect, uh, you know, a, a large margin of victory against Latvia. Like maybe you would have in the past. They're a bit more of a, let's grind it out and win by a couple. Just give me an idea. Canada's leading goal scorer is a defenseman, Mackenzie Weger with 10 points in eight games. There you go. Three goals. He has it. There you go. I think their leading goal scorer is Lawson Lawson Kraus, so five goals in eight games. But yeah, Canada doesn't have like they don't have the world beaters like Dominic Kubalik, who had leads the tournament with twelve. Who well, obviously with Czechia out, he had twelve points in eight games. 
So give you an idea of where things are. I was very surprised when I saw Mackenzie Weger, Canada's leading goal scorer. Yeah. Well, that's that's where Canada's at right now. Um, speaking of big world uh, tournaments, there's another one about to kick off up here in Canada. It's going to be out in Kamloops, BC, actually. And it is uh, the Memorial Cup. It could be seen on, on uh, TSN. They now have the broadcasting rights to the Memorial Cup tournament. And it kicks off with Kamloops taking on the Quebec Ramparts. And why is that of interest to us here on Locked On Leafs? Well, because the one and only least prospect taking part in this tournament is Fraser Minton of the Kamloops Blazers. So Fraser Minton, who was the Leafs' second-round pick um, a year ago, uh, will be taking part in this game. He was over a point-per-game player in the WHL this season, and you know he'll be hoping to uh, to try and help his team win a Memorial Cup, and that kind of all starts tonight, so you can get a glimpse at what Fraser Minton could possibly be for the Toronto Maple Leafs in that game tonight, uh, the first game of the um, Memorial Cup. You going to be watching? Yeah, I mean, as I said, there isn't much going on sports-wise, so have to find something to uh, keep me uh, interested during the weekend. So, yeah, the I, I do like watching the Memorial Cup. I like seeing the storylines there. There's been some, you know, there have been some Leafs that have uh, prospects that performed there, you know, most recently, I think William Villeneuve was yep. one of the more recent ones that has been there. Um, this Kamloops team, too, I don't know if you've seen the roster. It is. Like, Fraser Minton during the season was, like, one of the guys. And then... Yeah, pushed down the roster a little bit. Yeah, because then Kamloops is like, when you're when a team is hosting the Memorial Cup, it means so much to make sure that you have the best roster possible. So I think that now they got, like, Logan Stankoven, Olin Zellweger, like, are just... They were, like... They just went went rough shop during the WHL playoffs. If you watch, the, if you look at their uh, stats, um, so yeah, he got pushed down a little bit in the lineup there, um, but I think it's still going to be an, an incredible tournament. I, I I would like to see Kamloops go far for that reason. Uh, the Peter Peets, another big story there. They knocked off the London Knights. Uh, like that's something you don't usually see in the OHL. So there's going to be some, uh, some interesting, uh, storylines to follow there. If you want a good story on Fraser Minton, Kevin McGrath from the Toronto star did a nice little profile of just his season and got a chance to talk to the Kamloops coach to get an idea of what, what makes this guy tick in a lot of ways. And he said that he expects him to be a quality NHL player, potentially a top six forward in the nhl that's where he believes his ceiling is for sure so interesting interesting get that article read it's a it's a it's a nice read to get an idea of what you know hearing it from someone who uh works with uh minton on an everyday basis yeah i think like um yeah i would say like middle six middle six forward centerman more of a, a third line center probably is I think what's uh, what he's being billed as by by most scouts and whatnot. So we'll see if he can be a little bit better than that. I mean, I, I can think of a couple of third line centermen who projected to be that and turned out to be, you know, dominant elite two way players. So I think that's what uh, that's what Leaf fans would hope that Fraser Minton turns out to be. You can get a little glimpse of him tonight at the Memorial Cup. I believe that game starts at six p.m. Uh, and you can watch it on TSN. All right, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Lease podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily 
leaves content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Follow the show as well at Locked on Leafs. Go ahead and uh, leave a, a like on this video. Comment down below. Let us know if you have anything you want to say about what we chatted about today. Think there'll be any 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 amount of uh, of uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, well, Dubas get in trouble. Uh, I can't find the word I was looking for. Well, Dubas get in trouble about uh, discipline was the word. No help from Dave on that one, but it's okay. I got there. Any discipline? I wanted you to figure. I wanted you to get it out yourself. I wanted no, you, you to figure that out. You sat there, baby monkey, and you're like this guy can just sit here and and swim and drown that's what you did you're this is why you're you're no longer a uh uh lifeguard pal yeah no you like too many people drown that's what you do anyway well uh let's get out of here it's getting out of hand now we'll be back with another episode on uh monday enjoy the weekend hopefully we have some more gm candidates to tell you about on monday as well but until then keep locked right here on locked on leaves